Welcome to the Global Marketing Show, the podcast for all things international business. I'm your host, Wendy Pease, president of Rapport International and a translation expert. Come along with me today as we talk to an expert in the global marketing world about facing their biggest fears, hearing about mistakes they made or saw, discussing best practices, and sharing fun travel language and culture stories. Welcome to a special edition of the Global Marketing Show. Today, host Wendy Pease conducts an on-the-spot interview with an attendee of the XM Conference in Washington, D.C. that was held in December of 2022. The XM Conference is an opportunity for attendees to learn about the Export-Import Bank of the United States' financing tools, as well as network and explore opportunities for global exporting with other attendees and vendors. We hope you enjoy today's guest and keep listening for more episodes from this amazing conference. Welcome to another episode of the Global Marketing Show. We are continuing on with our series at the XM Conference here in DC where we've talked to so many fascinating people. And I've got another one that we're gonna talk to now. Her name is Melissa Muhammad, and she is the founder and CEO of Black and Global Business Network. And she's also an international tax attorney. So I am so fascinated to hear about your background and why you founded Black and Global Business Network. So Melissa, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Sure. So tell me a little bit about your background and then why you founded Black and Global Business Network. Sure. So I am an international tax attorney. Most people don't know what that is, but when you see large multinationals operating around the world, many of them do that through government resources. So the government has resources to help multinationals to be able to avoid paying what's called double tax, and that's done through treaties. And so the government will send people like me around the world to be able to create opportunities or lower trade barriers and actually work with other countries in order to determine how much tax is paid in that foreign country. Because the more tax you pay overseas, the less tax Uncle Sam gets coming back to the U.S. So the U.S. always wants to make sure that U.S. businesses have a clear roadmap to not to be double taxed, which can stifle trade. And so that's what I did working for the government. Fascinating. Okay, so you were an employee of the U.S. government mm-hmm. then doing that to make sure that the companies got what they deserve and paid what they deserve. Yes. Okay. So are you still doing that work now? Well, now I have transitioned into a different area of life because so in working with the government in 2020 after George Floyd, I started to look at how I had spent my decades, right, servicing, and I had, my professional tragedy was I'd never seen a black-owned business come to the government where I worked in order to get support to expand globally. And I started to ask myself, Melissa, why don't you see black-owned businesses? In 20 years, I never saw one or served one. Wow. Yep, not one. And so as I talked with colleagues trying to figure out and answer that question, I decided it was because, Melissa, you've been living in your good government job, living around the world. I worked in 50 countries, lived on three continents. I've trained tax officials in 153 nations. And I was having myself a good old time. 
but not taking any of my time or talent to help the black business community. And so I just decided to find a way to do that. Good for you. I mean, but part of me is just so dismayed that 20 years you had never helped a black-owned business, mm -hmm. and the other part is completely inspired. So, so what did you decide to do? Well, actually, I read this book and I went to a conference because I thought that my value add was I know how to do expand a business globally through. And my, my when I went to this conference, I was called the Global International Tax Network. You couldn't tell me that wasn't sexy. I knew that. <laughs> I knew that was the best game in town. And so I met a marketing company, and they were called the Black CEO, and I fit their demographic. They were looking to help businesses to start. I literally, I've never wanted to be an entrepreneur, like never. No, yeah, I, I'm a paycheckaholic. Yeah, for real. Yeah, I love a paycheck. So when I went and I met, this guy said, our number one problem is our addiction to our paycheck as our only source of income. I said, yep, that's me. That's me. That's me. I'm addicted to the paycheck. Right, right, yeah. And so I challenged my fears. I met with them, and they told me that they could help me build a business. So fast forward, I went through a process with them. I didn't know how to translate my talent, though. I didn't know how to take what I did and make it something that was usable for a business community. And they created Black and Global. And they, and listen, when they came up with the name, I said, Black and Global, mm -mm -mm -mm. I don't even like that name. But my mindset said, Melissa, this is not your wheelhouse. This is not your expertise. Listen to people who spend time doing this. And I'm so glad that I did. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, so I think it's so catchy. I mean, it's like <laughs> black and gold. The global goes, yeah, and it says exactly what you do. Yeah. And yeah. Okay. So you go, you decide to, to jump into this entrepreneurial venture. Yes. And so we had our very first summit, April 2021. We were not even incorporated. I just did what they said because I told them, listen, all you have to say, put, you push the button and say, Melissa, talk. That's all I can do. I can talk, but somebody else has to push the button. And so that's what they did. They made the process easy. So the first summit was April, to, it virtual, right? Because we're still in COVID. Virtual summit was 1,100 people came from 58 countries. Yeah. Fantastic. That, I did not know what we had, Wendy, but I knew it was something. Yeah. So after that, I incorporated. <laughs> Wait, so 58 countries. Yeah, 58 countries. Because what I did was I leveraged the relationships that I had built in other countries. Like I had relationships with all 50, the tax administrations in all 54 countries in Africa. Then I leveraged relationships that I had in Canada, the UK, in the Caribbean. And actually, so the organization that is similar to the United Nations, but they're in the Caribbean, they're called CARICOM, their Secretary General spoke at our event. So I invited people, you know, to, to talk about international business, why you should go global, expanding your mind. I just asked and people came. Okay, so you had people from 58 countries that were coming in as experts and talking, but then the majority were black business owners that wanted to go. Oh, they home. were all, all, 100%, 100, all of them. All of them were 
black-owned businesses. Black-owned businesses. Yep. And there were that many people that were interested, but had never accessed any of the government resources. You got it. Never. Let me. Can I tell you how many times people tell us this is a scam? This is fake. The bank won't. The XM Bank won't help. There's no such thing as XM Bank that will help us to sell globally. There's no such thing as commerce that will help go. They have diplomats sitting in other countries to go mm. get you contracts. I get told that all mm. the time. That it's a scam because they didn't know that it actually exists, or that it's a scam because they tried and they couldn't get services? Well, the majority are the, fir the latter. So because in the black community, we don't have a good history with the government. So there's always a level of suspicion, right? And so part of our job is to really break down that suspicion. One, to validate it, because it is true. Right. And then secondly, to start to break down that process. So. Okay. So, and then when you're gathering a group of successful mm -hmm. business owners together, you've got a larger voice to then say, what are the resources and how do we get them? Let me tell you how we have grown. If I didn't live this... I, would, I wouldn't believe it. No, seriously. Because look, we have, that was last year. I just started to reach out to people, right? And ask people to come and talk about exporting and selling around the world. I would invite millionaire businesses, black home, who are currently selling globally. So one of the people that I invited and that accepted was Stedman Graham. <laughs> and was, I didn't even think he was gonna really show up on the Zoom. And when he popped up on the Zoom, I was like, holy smokes, he really came. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I, I interviewed him, talked about the countries he had sold into, about the opportunities that, you know, that we have to think globally. He didn't know that the government had resources to help you. So he did it all on his own? Oh, yeah, he did it all. Yeah, yeah. He, he had no idea. So we grew from that into me building a team because I've never intended to run this business by myself. So, and then 2022, I'm telling you, the things that we have done, so the Commerce Department had their very first minority business, minority trade mission in the history of the United States government. Wow. Never happened in history, Wendy. Right. So we applied, right, and we helped our companies to apply. There were 120 businesses that were interviewed and 12 were selected. Four of the 12 were black and we were one of those 12. Mm. And what was so interesting for me was, I just woke up with this epiphany and said, we're gonna go on this trade mission. And I said, Melissa, you don't, you don't sell anything. You help people export. What do you, you don't export anything. So I said, I'm gonna go on this trade mission and find groups, trade associations and business associations that want to do business with black American businesses. That's what I said I was going to do. Yes. Now listen, if I was going to Africa or to the Caribbean, right, then it would have been a little easier. Right. My mind is so gangster because I'm going, you know, you go through that battle in your mind like, can I do this, can I not do this? So I've learned to lean into when I have fears, right? That's one of the Good things I've learned. I talked this, this one to Italy, Portugal, and Spain. And I met with all three teams saying the exact same thing, saying, this is who we want to meet with. Yeah. And they found there were over 200 groups that were interested in meeting with us, and we met with 55. Wow. 
So that was a very successful trade mission very. that elevated all the people that you work with. Uh, we took companies, but it also elevated my mind and yes. my confidence yes. that I was like, holy smokes, I can, we can really do this. Yes. <laughs> so, so we grew from that to we went to Select USA in, when was that? In Last June, right? Yeah. And then we went to, we had our second virtual summit in July, right? Yeah. The day before we, we had our conference, I looked at the numbers. Registered for our conference now. Same same black CEO did our second conference. Three thousand two hundred and forty seven people. <laughs> I was like, this cannot be real. Listen, yeah. I did a screenshot and I sent it to the Department of Commerce. I was like, when you say you can't find black businesses, look at all of these businesses. Wow. So we had a little over 1,800 people to attend, and we had many countries. I don't even remember how many countries came to that event. And then we, let me see, just in October, we just took 15 companies to Miami to meet with 14 Caribbean posts. So we did. That was great. And that was in person, and we had trained them, you know, for two months to be prepared for this trade mission. And it was so validating. I mean, when I tell you... I was like a mother, like watching them like go around, and and the the trade officials were like, "You all are so prepared. You're so organized." And and they said, "You know, typically we have to follow up with these businesses all the time, but you all have everything now, because we really wanted to make sure that they were ready to go." Right, right. So that fast forwarded into where we are now. So I was appointed to the advisory committee for XM Bank. Right. Yes. We're 20 months old, and I checked the numbers on Monday before I came. We're at 4,269 members. <laughs> Congratulations, Melissa. Thank you. You, you filled a need that is desperate. So how are you helping the companies market? Like I hear the trade missions and the introductions, which are really, really valuable around mm -hmm. the world. And mm -hmm. then when they, I mean, are they doing websites? Are they, how are they handing the cultures and the languages? So the businesses, they're at different levels, right? When they're working with us. So they all come in and we, most of them have websites, right? Because you have to have a website. We don't do that level of service. We do education, global readiness, and training. And then we have what we call a group solution where we train you as a group in an incubator on how to go out and go to these seven agencies on your own. And then we have a done for you solution. That's where my expertise come in, where we actually represent the the, the company and taking the company to the seven institutions. So they learn to do that. We do cultural competencies, trainings, because, you know, Wendy, when you go to these countries, if you need a translator, the embassy will get you a translator. You don't have to speak the language in the country. Yes. So, you know, it's. <laughs> That's it's, always my premise is if you know one language well, you can speak. 200 languages is what Rapport International provides because you can use an interpreter you can to help use an facilitator. Yep, yeah, definitely so. Uh-huh. Oh, that's fantastic. Now, have you met Tracy Gray from the 22 fund? No. She is also on the XM advisory board. Okay. And she invests in manufacturing companies that are 
BIPOC or women-owned. Okay. Yeah, particularly in difficult areas, you know, or disadvantaged areas that want to export. So I am going to introduce the two of you today. And she was a prior podcast episode, so if you want to hear about what she's doing, you certainly listen to all that. That's great. I'm going to make sure to meet her today. Yeah. I definitely have manufacturers that will be interested in talking with her. Yes, that's what I figured as I'm sitting here listening to each other. You two just have to marry each other up and share the resources. Yeah. So, yeah, we're coming to the end. What recommendations do you have for any business or particularly black-owned businesses mm -hmm. that want to export or get better at it? Well, one, I would say your mindset because I know that's what changed the game for me, especially as a non-entrepreneurial person. If I can make the shift, Anybody can make can make the shift. So, so um, and challenging your uncertainties. You know, even if it's not a fear, it just may be a lack of knowledge or uncertainty, and you think that it's extremely difficult. Now, I'm not going to tell anybody that it's easy because business is not easy. This. You, you know, you probably want to keep the paycheck if you're looking for the easier part of life. Not, not that this is not, I'm having the time of my life. Yes. I'm absolutely, I, no job has ever fulfilled me. And look at all the places I've lived and the things that I've done. But nothing has ever fulfilled me to the degree of what I'm doing right now. I really feel like I'm building a legacy that will live long beyond me. And so when you have that thought, lean into it and start to go and be around the people and take the classes and ask the questions, that's not going to cost you a lot of money right. just to start down the road. I had, I don't know how many business ideas, I, I know that, well, you, you, I got 50, you know, five, ten things I'm trying to do at the same time, and people tell you, just do one, just do one. How do you do that? How you, <laughs> nobody taught me that. But I found my way, is my point, right? So trials, errors, mistakes, you know, I made a lot of them, a lot of them, but I've won more than I've lost. So I would encourage anybody just to start working on your mindset and knowing that it is possible and just starting to ask the questions. Good for you. You do have a lot of entrepreneur in you. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> yes. When you say it's it's not easy, but it's the most fulfilling thing that I've ever done, mm -hmm. and I have lots of ideas and people telling me to pick one. Mm -hmm. That that those are those are said by every entrepreneur. <laughs> okay. Oh, I've received that. Yeah. Uh -huh. Okay. Where can people reach you if they'd like to learn more? Definitely. So www black b l a c k and a n d global g l o b a l business network.com all spelled out and you can go there and you can hit the contact us form and you can definitely follow up with me there see i've learned we have a team because if you email <laughs> melissa you're not going to get an answer for a very very long time melissa's at the xm conference but if you email the team, they will follow up with you right away. Oh, that's fantastic, Melissa. Yeah. And you know this question's coming for our ending. What is your favorite foreign word? Konnichiwa. Ah, okay. So tell us why it's your favorite and what's it mean? Tokyo ni sundemashita. Nihon hanasemasu. So I speak Japanese. I lived in Tokyo for a few years. And I actually work for the Japanese government. I am the only non-Japanese person to ever work for their tax administration. 
Wow. Yeah. And I had to study Japanese at the diplomatic language school in Virginia, in Arlington, yes. for a whole year before I went to live in Tokyo. But I went there under a program that's called the Mansfield Fellowship, and I worked for the Japanese government. I thought these people were going to put me in a corner somewhere, right? And I wasn't going to do anything real. I did so much work because it was easier for me to translate from Japanese to English than for many of them, right? So a lot of the projects I ended up doing, and the Japanese have an export strategy where they export their tax administration to many countries around the world, meaning, yeah, so they will train country officials. So I worked with uh, officials from 40 emerging markets when I was there because their mindset is that they want the tax administrations in those countries to understand the mindset of Japanese tax administration so that when their multinationals come into that market, they understand how that multinational operates. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> that is actually brilliant. Train the people so they know how to do it rather so, than struggling all yeah, the time. Yeah. Right. So they create a great landing for their companies and so I helped them with that and working with that opportunity. So right. yeah, so I so I had to learn Japanese and be fluent in Japanese in order to do that. Okay, and if it's any consolation or so, you know, most people who are professional translators only translate into their native language. It's much easier to go that way. Uh -huh. It's rare for somebody to go from their native language into their learned language. Oh, okay. That's a good way to screen for a translator, too. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> but you know what was interesting for me, my undergrad minor was in Spanish, right? Hmm. So when I learned Japanese, I couldn't go from English to Japanese. I had to go from English to Spanish to Japanese. And I had to bridge from Spanish. And still to the, and fortunately, my Japanese teacher was married to a Spanish man, and she lived and worked in Spain. So she knew when you were jumping into Spanish oh rather God. than Japanese. I thought in Spanish. I couldn't think in English to Japanese. Everything in my head was from Spanish to Japanese. It was insane. <laughs> and so I still do it to this day, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I get, I get it. I get it. I speak some Spanish, French, and Italian, and when I learned Italian and messed up my Spanish and French, so I had to push the Italian aside to keep the languages you I knew. So, well, Melissa, thank you so much. This has just been so inspiring to talk to you and hear about your, your journey over the last couple of years and what you've grown. Well, thank you, Wendy. I appreciate it, and this has been enjoyable talking with you all this afternoon. Thank you. That's a wrap for this session. A big thanks to you for listening to the Global Marketing Show. Hope you had just as much fun as I did. New sessions launch weekly on all places you find podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google Play, and of course on our website. If you know someone interested in this topic, please tell them about us. Au revoir for now.